Welcome everyone to a new episode of the Haptics Club and the last for this year, sadly. I'm Manu, Design Manager for Digital Twins at Unity, and I'm joined by the trusty Haptics crew, Ashley from Nanoport.io, Eric and Sarah of Interaptics and Gus and Irina of Sandglove. The Haptics Club is a team of people that have a passion for haptics. Our goal is to raise awareness on the amazing tech and people in haptics and to foster interesting discussions on the subject. We are so happy to have been able to contribute to the space together this year and will continue to do so in 2022 with even more surprises and new exciting guests. But today, we are joined by Hasti Steffi, professor at the University of Copenhagen specialized in human-computer interactions, social robotics, and haptics. There is much to learn and talk about, so we'll start off this chat, as we do, with some questions to get to know our guests. We'll then dive deeper into their expertise and, of course, include some questions of the challenges and opportunities in the haptics industry from their perspective. Timing-wise, we'll divide the hour with a five-minute intro, then 15 minutes on area of expertise, and 10 minutes on future of haptics. At that 30 minutes mark, we stop the recording and open the floor to the audience to ask our guest questions. So be ready. To anyone listening on our podcast, you're missing out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Haptics Club and sign up for order that's linked so you don't miss the next live chat. With that, let's talk haptics. Eric, back to you. Fantastic. Thanks, Manu, for the fantastic intro. I know that you are joined on stage by Samantha and Hannah. So let's kick off the, the conversation here. Uh, let's uh, introduce yourself, Hasti Samantha. Um, tell us who you are, where you come from, what's your background, and then let's get the conversation going. Hasti, for you first. Hello, everyone. Um, so yeah, I'm Hasti Seifi. Um, I work at the University of Copenhagen in the human-centered computing section. Um, um, as Manuel said, my background is in um, haptics and HCI, um, so designing new interactions with uh, the touch technology. Um, one of the things that I'm very interested in is uh, making uh, the technology accessible to a wide range of people so that everyone can understand it and can create uh, um, new sensations or, uh, with that or they can uh, adapt it to their uses. So that's me. Fantastic. Hannah, to you. Yeah, hi. Um, my name is Hannah Elbegari, and I'm a master's stu student at the University of British Columbia, working with Spin Lab um, under the supervision of Karen McLean. And a little bit about my background, I actually um, did my bachelor's in uh, linguistics and computer science, and it kind of introduced me to the field of haptics. Um, and from there, it kind of took off uh, working with Karen and um, also, I'm interested in kind of democratizing uh, haptics information as well as um, kind of breaking down the barrier of how the information is being delivered. That's amazing. Uh, Samantha, to you. Hi, yes, uh, I'm Samantha Melnick, and I am from Canada, but right now I am living and working in Berlin um, for a company called uh, Korg Berlin. Uh, Korg is a a company that designs and makes electronic musical instruments. Um, my background is in design and digital fabrication. Um, and how I got interested and introduced to haptics was through a master thesis I did um, at the Max Planck Institute in Stuttgart, um, where me and a few other of my uh, 
teammates and fellow students created haptic devices for construction. Yeah, that's uh, me in a nutshell. That's that's amazing. Thanks a lot for the intro. So I see that there is a lot of uh, similarities, and I think it will be a really fun conversation today. So uh, let's kick off. I mean, the similarities are about the, the willingness to democratize uh, or the access to the to the haptics technology. Let's about let's talk about your latest project uh, that brought you together. Let's talk about uh, Learn Haptics here, and we enter into the sec- a section which is the area of expertise. What can you tell us about the project Learn Haptics? How did it start? What were the motivation, and what you want to achieve with that? Uh, maybe I can start with that. Um, so basically, um, uh, Learn Haptics. I also wanted to say that David Georgiev, uh, uh, who works um, at CNRS, uh, he's a, uh, I think, research scientist at CNRS France, was also. Um, uh, part of this project and um, he was um, uh, involved with me in sort of like thinking about um, and initiating the project. So um, David and I were working together both in the haptic intelligence department uh, at Max Planck Institute and um, uh, this was right after um, uh, another project that uh, we did um, uh, on sort of like making haptic devices more understandable uh, for people. Uh, um, and at that time, we realized that um, uh, basically a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of research is going in the haptics community. Uh, and then there is increasing interest uh, in the human-computer interaction uh, community in robotics. So there, are, uh, there is in- increasing interest uh, from different fields. Um, to use haptics, and they uh, sometimes publish in their conferences on haptics. Uh, but a lot of knowledge that is um, in the haptics field, and there has been like for the last thirty years in the haptics field, has not um, is not being conveyed uh, very well. So we realize that there is no course uh, that is publicly available, and it's short enough for people who are just interested, but they are not. They don't want to be. Uh, an expert maybe, or they don't know if they want to be an expert, but they want to know a little bit about it. Uh, so then, um, uh, so we realized that there is no online uh, publicly accessible short course. Um, and then uh, with David, we submitted a, sort of like a short proposal to IEEE Robotics and Automation Society to create this content. And um, so it got funded, and then we were lucky to have um, Hannah and Sam join us um, in creating the content. Um, um, I don't know if Hannah and Sam want to also say from their uh, viewpoint uh, um, what they think, uh, like how the project has started for them or uh, how it went for them. Yeah, I can say something. Um, so yeah, I joined in at the start. Uh, or Actually, Hasti and David contact me, contacted me about joining um, to work with Hannah in creating the video um, video content and the, uh, I guess, the imagery. And I was pretty excited about this opportunity because when I was learning about haptics, um, there wasn't a lot of really accessible information for someone with an, maybe I could say a non-technical background. Um, and so, yeah, I was very motivated to create uh, an aesthetic language for these videos that was accessible to different types of people from different backgrounds. Yeah, um, kind of branching off of what 
Sam said there, um, I also come from a maybe less technical background, um, one in which uh, I was introduced to, to haptics from just being on a research project. And so that that uh, introduction itself is, you know, very hands-on and very experiential learning and things like that. So um, creating this course also is very motivated by just, I think, both myself and Sam's uh, process of entry into haptics as well as uh, kind of what we imagined our um, people in the future to uh, kind of um, I don't know, develop haptic learning processes as well. I find it fantastic because uh, I think we are on the same quest here. Well, on the Haptics Club, we want to give an open mic and open for uh, haptics uh, uh, aficionados and experts to share their own uh, vision and uh, sh share and reduce the barrier of adoption of haptics through sharing knowledge. And uh, you are in the same, same direction through accesses to um, knowledge that was locked in into expert and academia and uh, uh, share it in a public way so that who's interested can have a, a first step into haptics, but it doesn't need to be unprecise. It's just that it's made available. So let's talk about the background of the people that are today um, using your courses. So do you re require a specific background to access the content or uh, is it something that anyone can uh, digest? and uh, come out with an understanding of what it is. Um, I can again start. <laughs> I, I don't need to be the first one that uh, goes in. So Sam and Hannah, uh, if uh, no, um, jump in, uh, feel free to do so. But um, I think we wanted this to be accessible to basically anyone. Um, uh, we had some uh, people, some groups in mind when we were creating the content that uh, um, I think we mostly thought that uh, people who already are have some um, are either in the human computer interaction domain, robotics domain, or haptics would be the most interested, or virtual reality would be the most interested in the content just because of our um, uh, what we had seen in uh, in different communities that these are people who uh, look at haptics. But um, when we designed the content, we wanted to be basically accessible to anyone. And uh, our goal was that this could be a course that um, uh, someone takes it on its own, or uh, so basically self-paced, uh, or they um, an instructor uh, in uh, basically any course, but we mostly taught probably HCI, robotics, or um, uh, VR courses would be interested that uh, maybe they want to have like one session focused on haptics to introduce this topic. Um, so they would be able to uh, use it and uh, pass it to their students. Um. Yeah. Uh, also, I guess um, we have kind of, I was actually attended a course that was, uh, that used these uh, learning modules to kind of introduce different concepts um, and this was a graduate level haptics course, but um, one in which people had all different types of backgrounds and were coming into haptics kind of um, from all over the place. Some I see that there are some other attendees from the course that are in the Twitter space right now, so it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it was it was really interesting to kind of immediately see um, 
how the videos were being received as well as uh, watching the learning uh, learning processes, I think supplemented by some research papers and things like that um, play out in a, in a real life setting with a bunch of people who were new to haptics. Yeah, that's the definition of product market fit in startup. So it's a pretty cool thing to see. So yeah, um, that, that, that's amazing. And that's, I think it's a, it's a wonderful project that uh, um, hopefully will uh, develop in the future. Are you planning to expand the course with additional resources after the first feedback that you had from, the, from your students? Or do you see it uh, stay a bit static for uh, some time? Uh, to gather some feedback uh, uh, before uh, having a, a new iteration, let's say. Um, I guess um, basically during the course um, that um, Hannah was talking about, we got a lot of useful feedback um, from people and we uh, incorporated it. So basically the videos that you see are not the first version um, of the videos, but we went through like iterations of improving uh, the content. Um, before publicly releasing it. Uh, but now I think the uh, sort of uh, the project um, and the scope of it is going to remain as is. Um, so it's it was meant to be a short introduction, uh, maximum two hours uh, of content uh, in haptics. But then I think what we are hoping to keep uh, maintaining is the additional resource. So if you take basically this online course and then learn um, about haptics in general and then you want to delve more into some aspect of it what are the resources that you could um, go into uh, and those resources don't need to be developed by us I think there are a lot of excellent resources um, in the community that we are hoping to point uh, to and already uh, I think more initially more, but uh, already um, I've heard from some people when uh, some lectures and things like that, and they say uh, uh, that um, if you're interested, you could include it in the LearnHaptic. So we, we, we are interested in uh, linking to those resources um, as, uh, as they become available. Fantastic. So uh, thanks a lot for, uh, for, for the answer here. I see that there is a uh, the, the idea to create uh, like a, an ecosystem of resources and a, and a go-to place uh, basically for someone who needs, wants to learn what haptics is from a practical manner uh, to, uh, to use the Learn Haptics project, then uh, you can count on our unconditional support, let's say. So whenever you would like to, to, to share something new, do not hesitate to contact. Welcome to the podcast and uh, to, tell, uh, to tell us your story and uh, maybe also with the future evolution of the Haptics Club that uh, we, are, we, are, we are coveting right now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry uh, for interrupting. I think it would be great if we could uh, get um, somehow um, the information about the Haptics Club on the website. I don't know if there is a link or there's some way for uh, people to know um, maybe the schedule. Maybe we should coordinate about that to put it on the Learn Haptics website. Thank you, Hasti. Tomorrow we have a, our retrospective on the year 2021, and uh, probably this would be one of the discussions that we have. So you front run the discussion that, yeah, probably we would like to have uh, the colleague uh, uh, much in advance so that uh, people can schedule around it. And we did our job. We have already lined up the speaker, so it's fine. We'll, we are organizing. Thanks for the feedback. And um, that's, 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 that's perfect. So let's dive deep in one thing that, um, 
um, it, it, that we discussing always about uh, ourselves in the in the club. I think you can you and your colleagues can give us a take here. Is that some sometimes and somehow um, there is uh, an unclear value of haptics uh, for who um, for who evaluating to implement it. So you mentioned sometimes that in the industry there are still people that don't understand the value of great haptics. Um, do you? Th so I have my own take here, and I would refrain to share my my, my opinion. Would uh, why do you think that is uh, true today? It's a matter of lack of resources, or it's a matter of uh, uh, unclear uh, uh, proven value on the market. That's it's such an interesting. Question. Yeah, that's such an interesting question. Um, which I'm still thinking on a little bit here, but um, I think it, it's maybe hard to tell whether it like value versus um, versus resource accessibility is um, uh, like what people are looking for, because I think that in some cases people will already know the value and so then, then they'll seek out the resources. But another workflow could totally be um, somebody doesn't know the value and they seek out a resource and the value comes from that too. Um, maybe I can jump in a little about the field that I'm working in right now. Um, so if you are someone who uses things like synthesizers or any kind of electronic musical instrument, you know that there's next to no haptic feedback on most of these instruments. But it is something that um, people in this field that I've spoken to in Berlin are, like, they can see the value in it. Um, and they really want to implement it and have meaningful haptic feedback um, that's similar to other instruments we can think of, like a violin or a guitar. But it seems that it is more a uh, difficulty of finding a way to implement it, knowing how to implement it, um, which could be affordable and packaged uh, in these instruments. And so, yeah, there seems to be uh, a lot of interest, but just not actually able to follow through as of yet. Yeah, that's... And if that, I'm... Please, have to go. Um, I want to also um, sort of uh, um, say my take on it, that um, I totally agree with both uh, Sam and Hannah on this, that there is a lot of difficulty, um, even like experts to um, know how to use haptics uh, in a new situation um, or if, uh, to use like uh, new technologies that emerge in haptics. But I think part of it also to me is that um, um, I feel uh, haptics, although it's been 30 years that the field is uh, going on, but it's a still a newer field compared to uh, um, visual and auditory uh, domains. Um, and, and actually, I think maybe it's a harder field in a way that because we have haptics is a combination of multiple senses, right? Uh, it's both kinesthetic and tactile. And then um, within kinesthetic senses, we feel a range of sensations. Uh, um, and I think right now the technologies that we have, each of them sort of address one of those or at most like a couple of those. So we cannot really get with current technologies uh, the multifaceted uh, haptic experience that we get in the real world. Um, so it's part, partially to me also a technological problem that we cannot really replicate uh, 
the real world or like even create like uh, um, newer uh, experiences that don't, don't exist. But to me also the solution to that is that we need to have like more people in the field working on these problems. Um, so one reason to democratize the field would be to have a lot more people rather than a small community now is well, rather a small community that is working um, on haptics right now that are experts. Maybe we can have a lot more hobbyists and enthusiasts work in the field um, and then um, improve it. I definitely agree. And I remember Iomanico from Transactional Haptics like two days ago, he was complaining that they have too many papers to review. So I think the field is, is, is growing. But let me go back to this uh, value problem. I have a provocative question here, or at least something that um, I've been in academia and I'm in industry today. And from an industry perspective, uh, there is a lack of measured impacts of haptics on the relevant KPIs that a product implementer should consider to evaluate the business decision to implement haptics. So uh, it's hard, it's difficult, but, and it's expensive, but if there is a, a clear value that can be brought in a specific use case, let's say e-commerce or music or uh, anything, else, it's easy then to allocate the money to implement it into the product. However, I'm not seeing a lot of research in academia tackling this problem. Do you think that is something that uh, the academic uh, community uh, will tackle in the future, or do you see that the academic community is not really interested into this more, let's say, problem? Um, I'm just going to jump in here. I, I wonder if it's maybe just um, a difference in goals here, right? Like with industry, it's uh, maybe a little bit more product focused and um, something like a number uh, on a value is very important for things like investments and stuff like that. But within maybe academic research, uh, something about the like product value isn't actually maybe the interest area of the researcher themselves. And so maybe it takes like an industry partner with an acad uh, like within academia and to kind of communicate the importance of something like a product value. I also can um, sort of like um, contribute. I think part of the problem is that um, um, to me is that we don't have like very good measures of like um, haptic experience yet. Um, um, so uh, basically, so there are uh, things, um, for example, for each, um, uh, at least from the academic point of view I'm speaking, uh, when we want to measure the value of a new interaction or a new uh, system, it's either uh, that it's improved performance, uh, so people become faster or they make less errors, or that it improves experience. Uh, and uh, I think um, uh, in a lot of uh, papers, at least, that I've seen that people, like on financial level, people are uh, usually, even when you don't see an, a performance improvement in a particular case, um, uh, you see you get a lot of positive subjective responses. Uh, and we don't know if this is only, only a novelty effect that is happening or it's uh, actually something that is hard to measure right now. Um, but um, I want to also um, say that uh, things are improving. Um, 
in academia. So people are trying to um, develop metrics uh, for haptic experience. And I want to have, have a shout out to Oliver Schneider, who I think um, a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, published a paper, the first paper on defining what is haptic experience and what is the different dimensions of it, that uh, some of these are more related to usability and some of them are more related to um, just aesthetics of touch, uh, the feel of the sensation and how well it merges with the other model. Um, I guess like it doesn't fully answer your question that, um, uh, that I think when it comes to a, creating a product in the industry, there is also all of these uh, questions around like if we add this haptics, um, how much um, more likely people are to buy it. But uh, to me is that uh, if we can find the right measures uh, um, in academia, then that uh, many people use in their studies, because right now people use different um, metrics uh, um, that are mostly self-defined. If we can find the, uh, the right uh, metrics that uh, many people use uh, in their research papers, then we, uh, I think hopefully that gives the right signals to the uh, industry people uh, to know where uh, where to invest more or less. Yes, we are. Thank you for all these all these feedbacks. The feedbacks they are absolutely precious, and I, I'm all on board with whatever, what, everything you said. And the, the haptics is, is, has so many dimensions, and we are just tackling them. We have no idea how they play with one of each other in the multisensory and uh, in the usages. How much value these things can bring, and jumping also the fact that haptics technologies are have a wild. Uh, variants of uh, mechanical stimuli and thermal stimuli they can deliver. It's a, it's a huge spaghetti, uh, let's say, plate, and you need to untangle it. And it's, it's fascinating from an academic perspective. Um, so, thanks for the answer. It's it's great, and I see that uh, there is a lot to do. And for the records, Oliver Schneider is on our list of speakers. So, it it will be in 2022 for sure in our in our invited uh, speaker. I would like to close the era of expertise. We went a bit longer, but I thought that I think really it was worth it. And I would like to dive in in our most popular section, which is the future of haptics. Okay. Um, here, please uh, um, uh, be wrong. It means that uh, uh, share your vision and opinion. Don't hesitate in every, in every way or form. It will be wrong because let's think. I don't. I don't know any prediction that became really true. So. The idea here for us is really to understand what's the, what's the consensus between the different fields of where haptics is going and try to uh, infer a little bit uh, and, and inform our listener of where haptics is going for the future. So I have a standard question we pose to every country. How and where do you see haptics in five or 10 years within your domain? And please, don't hesitate to be wrong here. I can um, I can try to <laughs> tackle part of that problem. I think it's hard to know exactly, but um, to me, um, to me, I think over the next five to ten years, most of the progress um, uh, that. I think we would see in haptics will come from the mixed realities domain uh, because they're um, you uh, mostly in virtual reality but also in augmented reality to some extent um, that you have information uh, uh, 
you can so you can not interact with uh, uh, virtual objects you cannot manipulate them and then you still have your haptic real world haptic senses and that that helps you but uh, um, uh, then in uh, these virtual environments you will you might even have like a different body um, so I think to me most of the um, progress um, probably uh, comes from like the gaming industry and then uh, this um, uh, mixed realities uh, domain um, I think you, um, I'm also very hopeful um, about this uh, ultrasound haptics uh, technology uh, for mixed uh, realities. Um, uh, I think all of the different technologies of haptics will uh, continue to um, grow. Uh, I think we will see a lot more um, variation of experiences with, um, for example, vibrations, etc. But I'm also very hopeful with uh, about the ultrasound one. And I mean, partially a disclaimer that we are doing projects uh, on ultrasound haptics. Um, but um, my impression is that that technology is a very good match uh, with so sort of these freeform interactions uh, or free space interactions. Uh, um, it has limitations that needs to be solved. Um, but um, yeah, uh, so that's my take. Fantastic. Hannah, Samantha, you want to share something? Yeah, I can jump in here. Um, for me, I think uh, the future of haptics is kind of continuing to break down some of the, uh, I guess, more technical, technological or uh, knowledge-based barriers that um, haptics has, uh, whether that be through learning materials or through um, just talking about it more with people. Uh, I think that just continuing conversation, kind of what you're doing here with the Haptics Club podcast. Um, but just, I think as it becomes more of a commonality and more of a, like we all have had common interactions with haptics with our phones or game controllers or w whatever other devices we have. And so I think that maybe like a, a hack space or an open source or uh, just DIY hobbyists, continuing that expansion on that, uh, on that level as well will also increase the amount of projects that are going on as well as break down some of the knowledge barriers and grow the field rapidly. Fantastic. Yeah, I, 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 I just agree. <laughs> uh, we, need, we need to create a community of haptics hackers and creators. And it's really far away today. It will happen probably one day, but we are yeah, working hopefully. for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still too hard, but Maybe they, I think I, within two to five years, that would be possible. Samantha, something from your side. Um, I mean, I don't have too, too much to add. Um, and not to bring up instruments again. After working in this field, if within the next like five to ten years, uh, it's more commonplace uh, for the types of devices that I'm working on could actually implement haptics. I think this would be amazing. And... Um, yeah, that's that's where I would like to see it going. And I feel it's going in that direction. Um, it just someone needs to crack how to do it uh, in a low cost, low cost way. Thanks for sharing all of this. So I think it's 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 a really good insight, and I see that you are aligned in in, in this direction, and make, makes really a lot of sense. Um, I would like to go to the closing of this uh, recorded section. Um, at the end, would you like to um, 
share something specific uh, for, to our audience, something that you didn't discuss about that you you, you feel that uh, would like to uh, they they would need to know. Um, please, this is the moment, and also please share if uh, how someone interested to collaborate with you will be able to uh, reach you out. Um, I don't have much to add. Um, I think um, um, I'm hoping to see more uh, more things and more work uh, on haptics. It's great to see that when I started my PhD, when I, um, whenever people asked me what you do, um, uh, they wouldn't understand what haptics is um, when I said the word. But now I think uh, uh, a lot more people... Uh, um, even those who are not in academia are realizing that, so that's great. Um, about like uh, contacting me, um, so my website is hastisafi.com and I should, the, all contact information should be on there. Um, so um, so that's, that's that. Fantastic. Hannah? That's yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I also don't have too much to add, um, but just that haptics uh, and haptic design is a very quickly growing field, and I'm very excited to see where it goes. Um, and kind of part of my master's research is in uh, kind of identifying and researching the areas of like more periphery haptics and people interested. So um, I'm going to continue work in, in that field, and uh, I'm excited to learn more. But um, as for contact information, you can contact me on Twitter. Uh, it, it very much is my personal Twitter, which is fine, but um, just some random comments and jokes and things like that. Um, also, LinkedIn is a way to contact me or um, on the uh, spin, my lab spin website. Um, so multiple channels. Thank you, Hannah. Sam? What about you? Um, yeah, well, <clears throat> I definitely think that, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more and more how designers are tackling uh, haptics and interaction design. And I think that even in my, like, in year, I've had a lot of people contact me um, that have seen, like, the Learn Haptics website and are interested in interaction design um, from a product standpoint. Um, and I think this is quite exciting. Uh, and of course, I'm open if anyone wants to contact me through LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. Um, and if you're interested in learning more about my experience with product design and haptics, I'm happy to share. This is great. I'm definitely going to reach out personally <laughs> as a designer. Uh, thanks, you all. So, which means now that we're stopping the audio recording and it's time to open the floor for audience questions. So for anyone listening to our podcast right now, you're missing out on the best part, which is the Q&A portion. So be sure to join us at the next event. Aptics Clubs happens every other week at the same day and time. We're just closing for the for the year, but next year we'll be coming back. Um, and just a quick reminder that you can stay on top of our next guest announcements on Twitter at Aptics Club. Our newsletter is in the bio, so you can stay on top of our latest episodes. Um, catch the podcast also on every major platform like Apple and Spotify. And next year, we'll be coming back with even more surprises and exciting guests. So stay tuned and happy holiday. Mm -hmm.